It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. I need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And John McClain joins us now on the phone lines to talk all things NFL. And John, we appreciate your time as always this afternoon. And uh, the combine's going on in Indy. Of course, a lot of GMs and head coaches are going to be talking. Nick Casario talked today. And from what I got from it, it felt like he wasn't getting the kind of conversations and even offers uh, for Deshaun Watson that he'd like. What was your takes from what Nick, Nick Casario had to say? Well, why in the world would he get any offers? Nobody's making him any offers. Guy's got 22 civil lawsuits accusing him of sexual misconduct, sexual assault, sexual uh, harassment. There's nobody making him offers. Now, they told him, going back a year, that if that gets cleared up, they're interested and uh, Watson, of course, can reject any team because of his no-trade clause. But all of a sudden, I'm seeing around the country teams are making them offers. No, they're not making them offers. Number one, they can't. It's illegal right now. Right. The year doesn't start till March 16th. But uh, if if people are making him offers and they're any good, he will trade him at 12.01 a.m. on March 16th. That ain't happening. I didn't think so. I really didn't. That's exactly why I asked you. Uh, is it is it realistic, in your opinion, that this can even get cleared up before the draft? You know, to when they when, last week, uh, when Watson's attorney had a hearing in court trying to move his deposition back, it was supposed to start last Thursday. They have up to forty two hours. They could depose him under oath. And that attorney said, I will use every minute. So uh, his attorney said it's not fair for him to be deposed about women who have filed criminal charges, and they haven't been deposed. So the judge ruled this. Of the 22 who have already been deposed but just filed civil suits and not criminal suits, he can be deposed about them. Mm. I think there's eight or nine. So the longer it goes, the less likely it'll be that he's traded before the draft on April 28th. Then Q it would probably go to training camp. Then it might go to the season. Then it might go to trading deadline. His pay goes up from 10.54 million last year hmm. to 35 million uh, this year. And of course the Texans don't want to pay it, but they're not just going to cut him. And let him get away, or from uh, to get away from nothing. That's never going to happen. Right, right. That's man. That's uh, sounds like a predicament that I'm glad uh, that I don't have to worry about covering. <laughs> sounds like something that sounds like a big mess going on right there with Deshaun Watson. Well, let me ask you about uh, Kyler Murray. We've talked about him in the past few weeks. Of course, his agent puts out a piece, basically saying, "Hey, you know, we put a contract offer on the table. We want an extension." What were your thoughts about the way that they even went about handling their business? I'm sorry, Q. I was getting a text. What was that question? <laughs> I was just asking you about Kyler Murray and, and what's going on with him and his agent putting Would you out the. Would you pay him $40 million? No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Nobody will. And, and Arizona's not going to. He's under contract going into his fourth year. They'll pick up his fifth year option in May. So he's under contract for two years. They could franchise him for two years. So if they don't want to go anywhere, they go anywhere. Right. You can't hold out anymore because it costs you a fortune and teams are no longer allowed to forgive fines. So he could do like Deshaun Watson, show up every day and do nothing, 
which would be really hard for him to do unless he's demanding to be traded like Watson. It's a very awkward situation. What do you think about the way that his agent went about it, though, putting that statement out in the in the media? Well, it's very strange because agent Eric Burkhart from Dallas uh, is best friends with Cliff Kingsbury. They were roommates at Texas Tech. Hmm. And he represents Murray. So Kingsbury's got nothing to do with the money. That's the GM Steve Kine and, of course, the owner Michael Bidwell. But nobody in the right mind is going to give Murray that kind of money based on what he's done. They're not doing it in Baker Mayfield, and he's not complaining about it. Mayfield wants to go back, have a big season, and then he can get even more in 2022. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. As far as Aaron Rodgers, that saga continues. Uh, I know that uh, there wasn't a whole lot that Gutenkoos, the GM of the Packers, had to say today, but how long do you think that this saga goes on with uh, Aaron Rodgers? Q, I've said all along, it's all about money. I've never changed from the time people, it happened so long ago, people forgotten after the 2020 season. His agent went to Green Bay to negotiate an extension. They didn't get it done. He went back home, and then, and it was late to Schefter that he wanted to be traded and create a huge controversy. So it was about the money. No matter what he said, it was about the money. So now it's about the money, and I thought all along they'll get an extension worked out, and he'll stay there. What kind of money do you think that he's really looking at? We've seen the reports of $50 million a year, but, I mean, whatever. What, what do you think that he's, uh, he's in line for? Uh, well, first of all, they don't want him to make like $45 million in the season. they got to get that cap figure down. So I'm guessing you give him a huge signing bonus. You sign him like three-year extension. You prorate that signing bonus over three years and give him a base salary like $1 million. And then he makes $100 million the first year, but it only counts divide that by three, that'd be like say you got ninety nine million. It'd be thirty three million against the cap instead of forty five or forty eight. Talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, all things NFL here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. What do you think happens with uh, Amari Cooper in Dallas? He's a guy that Stephen Jones has been kind of non committal on as far as his future because he's owed twenty million next season. People say there's no way he's gonna be back making that kind of money. He may not be back at all. Right. I don't know how much he did last year. You know, C.J. Lamb's their new star at receiver, but I'm guessing Dak Prescott wouldn't like it. And maybe they'll ask him to take a pay cut. At, at worst, he'll have to redo it and get an extension. But uh, a lot of people think he's going to be a cap casualty. It, it kind of feels like it. Kind of feels like he's on that uh, on that trajectory again. I'm supposed to make about twenty million next year, and CD Lamb has been that guy. And and you know they were real committal to Zeke Elliott. They said, hey, he's going to be here, but they wouldn't say that when it came to Cooper. They said it's still something that they had to evaluate. What did that mean to you? Um. Well, everybody's doing a lot of evaluations <laughs> this time of year. Just got to read between the lines. What do you think about what Bruce Arians had to say today? He, he felt like uh, none of these big-time, high-profile quarterbacks are going to be traded this offseason. Well, I agree. And, and he said, he said, what would you take, five number one picks? And so, of course, they're not going to you – know, I can't imagine they would let Brady go somewhere else because they want him. And, and Brady has not acted like he wants to go anywhere else. That's all uh, media-driven. Right. No doubt. We're talking right now with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you. 
Yeah, John, I got to ask you because I know you've got some thoughts on it. <laughs> Baseball, Rob Manfred just continues to look like an idiot. What do you think about where these, where these labor negotiations are going? I just want to hear somebody yell, play ball. <laughs> we're not going to hear that. What bothers me about every five years in the baseball labor negotiations, it's always about money, not about how to make a dying sport better, more exciting. I love baseball. I'll always be a fan. But baseball is losing the young fans. They're not getting them. And then things like this just turn people off. And I feel bad for all the people in Florida and Arizona that depend on spring training so much financially, not to mention all the baseball fans who have gone down there and paid money and paid deposits on hotel and plane tickets and rental cars and all that. They can't go or they're down there just enjoying the sun without baseball. But it just, you know, it'll always come back. But baseball needs to worry about how to make the games better because right now they're too long, they're too boring, and they start too late when they're in the playoffs in the World Series. All right, moving back over to football, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they just seem like it seems like they're still trying to find a new assistant GM for Trent Baalke, and they have the number one pick in the draft. What's going on with that Jaguars organization? Because I, I feel like they just can't get right ever. Well, they hope they got right on Doug Peterson as the head coach. And, you know, they it's going to be hard for them to blow that top pick. They have two choices. Do they take Aiden Hutchinson? the top-rated player in the draft, edge rusher from Michigan. He would make a really nice bookend with Josh Allen. And the number two could be an offensive tackle like Evan Neal or Ike Aquano to be protection for Trevor Lawrence's blind side. And Lawrence did not have a good rookie year, and he's still a great prospect. But to me, they need to do what's best around him. You know, maybe it's an offensive tackle, uh, you're not going to, and it's rare for an offensive tackle to go first as Fisher did. He's still playing, but he never lived up to being the first overall pick. Orlando Pace did in 1996. He's in the Hall of Fame. But uh, when you've got a, a guy like Trevor Lawrence, you need to do what? Everything you can to help him uh, maximize his talent. John, the Combine's going on in Indianapolis right now, and I know you're not there physically, but I know you're paying attention and kind of hovering over it, uh, seeing you know what storylines are coming out and obviously paying attention to the players that are participating. Is there any position group that you're really looking forward to paying attention to this week? Well, I'm, I'm interested in uh, offensive linemen and pass rushers because that's what the Texans need. It is a really deep draft for offensive tackles, for edge rushers, it's a really deep draft for wide receivers. It's a really good draft for running backs after the first round. There's a lot of talent between the second, fifth, and sixth rounds at running back. And there's some good deep, good corners. And uh, interior offensive linemen, not so much. Quarterbacks, not at all. <laughs> Safeties, not so much, even though Kyle Hamilton of Notre Dame may be the best prospect in the draft. But uh, if you need a quarterback, you're in trouble. It's not as bad as 2013 when E.J. Manuel from Florida State was the only first-round pick, and he was a huge bust 
with the Bills. Right. No, we were just talking about that. It's so funny. Everyone goes back to that EJ Manuel year because, man, it's just so strange uh, not having a, a year where quarterbacks are the highlight of the draft, and they are just not this year. Final question for you, John, before we let you go. The Raiders and Jaguars are going to participate in the Hall of Fame game August 4th. Uh, does that help Josh McDaniels just as far as get the sea legs underneath him as far as, you know, being a head coach and the CEO of the team, getting to call some plays, even though they're with players that most likely won't make the team? Coaches love to be able to start early. It's not so much the game, it's the practice, okay. reporting early. So, yes, new coaches have that luxury anyway, and people think, well, they don't like having an extra exhibition. But when you're a new coach, you don't have a lot of new players, even if you are taking over a playoff team. And Josh McDaniels is in the best position to succeed of all the new coaches because he's taking over a playoff team. Right, exactly. And you know what? I, I know I said that was the final question, but I do have one more, and this is just one of those hypothetical people throw it at me all the time. If Derek Carr were somehow to become available and he was out on the trade block, what do you think the Raiders could get for him? Well, he's not going to be traded, that's right. for certain. Agreed. They're going to sign him to an extension, but I don't I don't think he'd get a number. And maybe he'd get a low number one pick. But when a year like this, this is a time for a team like the Texans with Deshaun Watson. They want teams to be desperate. Would you rather have a proven commodity like Watson mm -hmm. when he gets his legal issues resolved or an unknown? He's right. never played in the NFL. And if you've got to give up the number one pick for three years, okay, Watson's going to be playing for 10 more after that when you should have all your picks intact. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. What do you have coming out on Texas Sports Nation that we need to be on the lookout for? Well, I'm writing draft stories on prospects that uh, – or that might be good for the Texans and Brooks Cabina, who a young guy just finished his first season with me. I thought it'd be good for him to get to go first combine. He's got stories every day. His head's spinning with everything going on in Indianapolis. Very good. I like it, John. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate you. Talk to you next week. Thank you guys very much as always. There he goes. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. All things NFL on uh, at McClain underscore on underscore sports on Twitter. If you're checking him out again, at McClain underscore on underscore sports. 315 is the time when we come back. Andrew Billings, the latest Raider defensive tackle. He'll join the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Joining us now on the phone lines is the Raiders' newest defensive tackle. That's Andrew Billings. And, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on signing with the Silver and Black. Welcome to Las Vegas. And I know you're a Texas guy. I was in Waco when you were at Waco High before going on to Baylor. So what do you know about Las Vegas, and are you excited about coming out west? Yeah, I, I don't know much about Las Vegas, but I'm very excited to come out there. Nice, nice. So, what was it about the Raiders that that made it the you know the right spot for you? Uh, really, what the what the Raiders have built and the opportunity that they they presented, it really made a uh, it made sense just to sign there and be there. Did they give you kind of any expectation of what kind of role they wanted you to play, or is this just a hey, come to camp and compete? Uh, it's definitely a come to camp and compete, but it's also with a role, uh, you know, the role of playing nose guard guy in the middle, you know, taking care of the A gaps and stretching, even stretching out to the B gaps and making plays. Nice. Well, that's something that you did a, a lot of at Baylor. I was there to witness it. Uh, you had a heck of a run there and obviously being drafted in 2016. What have you learned about yourself since being drafted back in 2016 by the Bengals? Uh, biggest thing I learned about myself is just, you know, if I really 
focus on something, then I can accomplish it. And just being in the NFL, it really uh, it just teaches teaches everybody that because it, it's a lot more than just going out there and being talented. Right. No, there's a lot of talented dudes in the league. So, I mean, the NFL will humble everybody, man. And it's just it's crazy just kind of watching how everything evolves. And and how I mean, how has everything been for you as far as you're concerned? You know, being in the league since 2016, uh, bounce around just a little bit. But uh, how, how has it been for you? So far, man, it's it's been good. Uh, I've been able to play football, so I, I cannot complain. Right. No, I heard that. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, before the draft in 2016, that was the draft in Chicago when obviously you were drafted. You came out to uh, Bub City, I think that was the name of the place, and you you hung out with us and, and did a little pre-draft interview. And I think it was your mom who left her phone behind. I don't know if you remember yeah. that. And someone <laughs> from the radio station walked into the, the hotel and gave it to you guys. That was me. <laughs> Definitely. Appreciate it. I know she thanks you for that, man. No, no, that was, but that was a fun experience. And, and you know, the, the combine's going on right now, so there's a lot of folks preparing for the draft. What was that whole experience like for you? It was nerve-wracking. Uh, preparing for the draft is, uh, looking back at it, it's kind of crazy because, you know, you know what you have to do, but you don't know exactly what these teams are looking for at the same time. So you're just trying to do your best at everything. So it's, it's a lot to tackle. Yeah, it really is. And like I mentioned, the Combine's going on this week in Indy. Um, and I know you did a heck of a job there. And then you went and had your uh, pro day at Baylor and, and also showed out there. Was that the last final 40s that you ran in your career after the Combine in your pro day? You better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what 40, every, yeah. that's what everyone says. That's going to be the last 40 they ever run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That is funny. We're talking right now with Andrew Billings here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So uh, as far as the, the weight room, man, you've always been a monster in the weight room. You still putting up those big monster numbers? Nah, I'm not putting up the the, the 700s like that anymore. Kind of kind of got to take care of my body. I think that would be a little bit – that would be too much. So right. I, don't, I don't do I hear you. Have you been able to pay attention to uh, to what Baylor's been doing, you know, winning the Big 12 championship this year with Dave Aranda, something that you're very familiar with winning the championship? Yeah, I mean, uh, you try to keep up with, with, with what Baylor's doing, but they're moving so fast. It's just it's crazy how fast they make that progress. And it's not really uh, – it, it's a combination of the players and the coaches because uh, to do something like that, you need to bring in the talent but also coach it. Right. Well, and when you were there and you were playing and you guys were winning championships, you guys were putting up a heck of a team and, and it was a lot of fun to watch. It feels to me like almost the Big 12, now that Oklahoma and Texas are supposed to be leaving uh, to go to the SEC, whatever decision that was to make, but whatever, it feels like the Big 12 now is really kind of wide open and, and Baylor looks like they're going to be some players for some years to come. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, it's going to be interesting these next next couple of years, see how all that shakes out. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. But more importantly for you right now, you got this opportunity in the NFL. And uh, how, how, what have you been doing just to, you know, prepare yourself for this, you know, this upcoming season, this upcoming training camp? What's all that like? Like, what's the off season like for you? The off season is it's been kind of crazy. I got a wedding and all that going on, but oh. so far, man, it's just been focusing on my body and just on off the field things since I have time to do so. Right. Well, when, when's the wedding coming up? It's gonna be it's gonna be soon, June fourth. Oh man, that's right around the corner. Well, I'll tell you this: as a guy who had no idea what I was getting myself into when when I got married, I'll just tell you this: it's never about you, and just say yes. <laughs> like it is not a focus on you ever. Like it's, that event is not for us. That event is just all we do is show up and we're accessories. That's all we are. Oh yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> Has it been kind of stressful putting that thing together? No, not really, not really, not ah. for me at least. 
Nice. Well, you you got it. You got it good. I I tried to get myself involved too much, thinking that uh thinking that I needed to be involved. That's why I said it ain't about us. I realized that I didn't have to be involved as much as I was. So uh, I guess you're doing it. You're doing it right. Well, Andrew, uh, I, I do appreciate your time this afternoon. I just wanted to uh, get get a hold of you and welcome you to Las Vegas. And uh, we look forward to seeing you here in uh in Vegas in, in training camp and seeing you out there competing and seeing what you can do with the silver and black. That's right. I, thank you, man. Thank you a lot. Absolutely. There he goes. The newest Raider defensive tackle, Andrew Billings, now a member of the Silver and Black, was a fourth-round draft pick of the Cincinnati Bengals back in 2016, former Baylor Bear. Before that, a Waco High Lion. I know him very well averse when it comes to Andrew Billings, but uh, good to have a couple minutes with him and just see how everything's been going on and catching up. And you see that uh, the Raiders are giving him a defined role of what they want him to do in this Patrick Graham-led defense. So uh, many thanks to Andrew for giving us a few minutes of his time. Coming up next, Cover 3 NFL News and notes of the day plus we'll take your calls and texts 702-365-9200 you know the salmon ash text line always wide open like some old school tv antenna 69187 keyword r this is unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 920 it's time for q's cover three nfl news and notes of the day here on raider nation radio 920 like to get into little news and notes around the league. Got plenty of them to do so. And we got about 30 minutes left in today's show. So before we jump into cover three NFL news and notes of the day, let's go on out to a very patient Mitch in New Jersey. What's on your mind, Mitch? How you doing? How's it going, Q? Blessed, man. Blessed. Hey, hey I hope these uh, politicians can step in for baseball, these greedy owners, you know? They're <laughs> right. not fixing much. So they might make something easy for them to fix. Right. It should be like police. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be able to go strike or lockdown. Police and firemen have to work no matter what. Um, well, I hope this different tackle can come, uh, has, gives more for the Raiders instead of Mr. Farrell there. And then we'll be smart to draft two quarterbacks. Not to give up the whole, the whole, uh, fourth there. For a guy that's only played probably, uh, Rogers playing three years. Would they be smart enough to, to play, uh, to, to, to draft two? Quarterbacks. And I don't think Murray and Wilson and, and Rodgers are going anywhere. Um, and I hope the Raiders can draft a quarterback in the second round. I like this. I like that, uh, the kid. Uh, the kid. The young man. Um, Sam Howell. What do you think? And uh, thanks for taking my call. All right, thank you so much, Mitch. Appreciate it, my man. Uh, be safe out there in them streets. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. It really is. It's going to be interesting to see exactly how Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels navigate through this draft. Like, I, I, I kind of want to go and just look at all the past Patriot drafts and say, okay, this is what they're going to do. But I know that everyone puts their own twist to things. So I know it's not going to be exactly the same. So I'm interested to see. I always say go draft a quarterback, but it's not really a quarterback deep draft. You know what I mean? So, like, who do they go get? And if they go get a guy, do you really expect him to be a guy that could develop into something special later? Or do you think he's just going to be a guy? Yeah, you don't want to spend, like, especially with a team that's trying to win now, right. you don't want to waste that second-round pick on a quarterback. On just a guy. Yeah. You know, it's some, again, a lot of times in the league, man, it's not about the X's and O's, and it's, it's all about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. You want to get a good Jimmy. You don't yeah, want to get a, get a bad even Jimmy. Even if it's good, like Jimmy Garoppolo, when right. the Patriots drafted him in the second round, they were picking him to be the next heir apparent to Tom Brady. Right. Because even if you're, even if you've got the best backup quarterback in the league, He's still the backup quarterback. Right. And he's the just-in-case guy. Right. That second-round pick can be a starter. Right. Like as we saw with Trayvon Moore. Right. Exactly. No, I mean, that's 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 the thing about it. Like, if it was a draft that was deep in quarterbacks, like last year where uh, they were able to get guys, uh, even the Texans got, what, Davis Mills, when they get him in the second round, third round? I mean, I they like get, he was fourth round, actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There you go. And then Kellen Mond, you know, from Minnesota got him in the fourth round. I mean, guys like that, I think those are legit quarterbacks 
they might not be, you know, franchise super studs, but they could really like Kellen Mond could have played the role Marcus Mariota played last year, right? He could have easily done that. He's got he's got some legs. He's got some wheels. He can also throw the rock. I mean, that would have been a good fourth round investment. This year, I think if you go and get a quarterback in the fourth round, you're just throwing away a pick. You're just going to get an A guy. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to just go get a guy. But you're right. Yeah, Davis Mills was a later round pick, not even a second round pick. He's a fourth round guy. No, he was third round, but you could <laughs> split could the middle, Q. Split the middle. You gotta no, get it right eventually. <laughs> Ian Book was a fourth round. He saw what happened when the Saints put him in to start a game. Right. Yeah, exactly. So again, I mean, it's one of those years, man. This is a different year when it comes to quarterbacks. Uh, they're just not really there. So this is one of those years where you don't just go and and grab one just to grab one. Now, if there's a guy that they're really intrigued by, like if Josh McDaniels and and Dave Ziegler say, hey, now that's a guy. We see what he could do. We we believe he can, you know, navigate this way. Then okay. But if you're just getting a guy just to get a guy, I think you're wasting a pick. So we'll we'll see exactly. I'll be interested to see once they put this first draft in the books. I'm glad it's here in Vegas too, man. We're gonna have this thing so covered like a glove. We're gonna have guys on every street corner, man. We're gonna look like we're gonna look like the dude. You know the dude who be flipping the sign. You know what I mean? That says like gerbils here or or dogs, puppy dogs. Whatever, yeah, whatever they're selling. Yeah, whatever they're selling, like grand grand closing, you know, a clearance sale, whatever, going out of business sale. Those guys that are be and some of those cats, they be I can see you doing that job. It's like a part time job out there on the corner just nope. dancing and all that stuff. Got your your iPods in or your i iPhones, whatever you got going on and doing all your thing. I can see you doing that. Not me. You I think you not can. out here in Vegas. Oh, it's too hot. Well, it's not hot right now. Oh, yeah, not right now. But, I mean, come on. You get, what, two months? Well, yeah. Well, you can go do it right now. That's what I'm saying. I'm okay. (laughs) You don't want to do a little side action? Nah. All right. Not not me. Like, I mean, not the sign flip. The guy flipping the sign up in the air and then watching it drop. And some of those guys be into it, man. We have these cats right here on Flamingo right on the corner, man. They be up there. And and they you don't want to make – they're like Girl Scouts. Don't make eye contact with them. Because once you make eye contact with them, they got you. Every time I go to the damn store and them Girl Scouts are out there, I'm like – don't look at him, wife. And then she does. She'll glance over, and then guess what? Uh, I'll take some Thin Mints. I'll take some peanut butter cookies. I, then they get you. You cannot make eye contact with them. You can't. Yeah, but with the with the signs flipper. Yeah. If they if you don't want what they're selling, you can still I keep know, it moving. No, because you can't. They'll get you at the light. They'll get you at the light. They'll flip the sign, and you'll look over, and then they're look, then they're you can feel them staring at you. Can feel their energy staring at you. Like once you make eye contact with them, and even when you look away. I can look this way right now, Devon, and I can still feel you looking at me. I can totally be looking the other way, and I'm doing this in the studio right now, but I can still look, I can feel you looking at me. That's how it is with the uh, the, the sign flippers. But what's the pressure with the sign flipper? You just don't want to make eye contact with them because then you feel like almost <laughs> obligated. Then you feel like you're turning obligated them down. Obligated to what? Well, it's like you're turning them down for something. You know, it's like I don't want to be the guy to turn the guy down. It's he's like, flipping the sign. He's not asking you for money. Well, that guy too. Don't make eye contact with him either because he's gonna. he knows he got you. I'm serious. There's certain guys you got to stay tunnel vision with. The t- the sign flipper is one. Girl Scouts are two. They're really the top of the list. And then the guy asking for money on the corner that's walking up and down. Like the lady selling flowers, I have no problem ignoring her. She's easy to ignore. She don't even try. She just is like set, the flowers sell themselves. She's right there in Henderson all the time. Right when I, after I come back from getting my hair cut, she's always right there. It's just like they sell themselves. She don't even try. She don't even be like, you want some flowers? She just she just walk. She just walk up and down and just and then someone just be like, oh, buy some flowers. Like that that sells themselves. But them other cats, you can't make eye contact with them, man. You make that eye contact, it's a wrap. Oh, that happened to me today. I was driving with the windows down. Oh, And it's just like, yeah, the windows down. It's like, got him. Hey, brother, you got some change? And it's just like, brother, I'm one missed paycheck away from being you. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. So uh, we can keep this conversation moving.
<laughs> you said I'm one missed paycheck away from being you. You gonna be out there like a tag team? Hey man, you get this corner and I get that corner. We'll come back together. We'll see what we can collaborate, man. We're gonna go like butt cheeks. We'll collaborate and see what's going on. Oh my goodness. That was funny. Every once in a while you come with a funny. That was a good one. That was a hilarious one. But see, you made eye contact, man. I'm telling you, you gotta you gotta do windows down. Like you said, it, it, it's nice out today. It was nice so out. I, you yeah. don't need the AC. Just put the windows down. That's why I keep the sunroof open. You ain't gotta make eye contact through the sunroof. <laughs> you might get a little hot, but you ain't gotta make eye contact. Through the sunroof. Uh, question that I had thrown out there on the Salmon Ash text line, also Raider Nation listener line. One favorite draft pick that you have that never worked out. One guy that you knew was going to be the end-all, be-all, and then he just wasn't. I'm looking for one Raider and one non-Raider. We've had some great, excellent answers throughout the course of the show today, but I still want to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Who we got up next? Avant Raider. Avant Raider. What's up, man? What's on your mind? What's up, homie? Chill, hey, man. man. Uh, uh, I want to just... Jump in this ignoring people. Does Vegas still have uh, the guys who flip the weird porno flyers, hooker flyers? Oh, like oh, like up and down, up and down uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. down on the strip. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to collect those. <laughs> yeah, I used, I, dude, dude, I used to collect those too. But I, I, <laughs> My dog. I, I'm half Mexican, so I don't know what language to say no thank you in. You know, they're like, they'll try Spanish, so I have to try English anyway. Um, my two players, uh, when I was a kid, I thought Andre Ware was going to be somebody. Oh, he, yeah. had a cup of, he had a cup of coffee in, um, in LA and, uh, the Raider man, Philip Buchanan, like he oh. had big plays, he had big plays, but then he just became like, uh, you know, trying to be a ball hawk only thought interception and he got burned all the time. Remember, remember when I think he broke his wrist. Remember that? He, yeah. had, he had an interception. It was at the Oakland Coliseum. He had an interception. Yep. He fell and tried to break his fall with his wrist, and he broke his wrist, and he was never the same after that. Never the same. Yep. Never the same. I like Philip Buchanan. Yep. I liked him, too. He had big plays. He had, like, man, 11 picks, 12 picks, but nah. Yep. Good one, man. Good one. Hey, great stuff. Great calls. Uh, I mean, great players that you're talking about. And uh, also the, the the flyers that they hand out on the strip, man. Those used to be when I used to come to Vegas, we used to get those all the time. They'd be on the they'd be on the ground, too. Like we'd just be walking with our head down and be like, hey, I think I just saw some boobs. <laughs> what you looking nobody- at? What you looking at, Q? Nothing. Because nobody wants them. That's why they're all on the ground when you're walking. Well, whatever. It's like they be trying, they trying to get a little pushy, too. They like basically trying to put it in your hand. Like, man, I, just got, I just got hot when you said that. <laughs> I thought you said something. I was like, I know I said boobs, but you ain't got to. I thought you went there. I was like, man, I'm glad you overemphasized that H. Whew. We were all about to get fired. 3.39 is the time. Who we got up next, man? Let's keep this conversation moving. Dave in New Jersey. Dave, save us from ourselves. What's on your mind? Hey, fellas, how you doing? First time with you guys. I hey, appreciate you. Um, Todd Marinovich. Oh. <laughs> oh. I actually bought a jersey. One good thing is my mom uh, could sew. So I was able to take his name off and put Stabler back there. Nice. So a Stabler jersey. Nice. Good save. Yeah. Good save. Moms <laughs> came through. <laughs> Nice. Hey, guys, keep up the great work. I appreciate you. Hey, thank you for the call, man. Good stuff. Yeah, Todd Marinovich, man. What a sad story that was. That guy was going to be the dude, right? He was the end-all, be-all. He was going to be the man, and his daddy was going to make sure of it. Well, it just didn't work out that way, and that's the, the one of the best lessons, too. You cannot force your kids to be what they don't want to be.
I really don't know the story, but I know like the NFL Network like shows was like oh, biggest man. draft bust of all time. Yeah, he's right there up there, man. He's one of there, and unfortunately, he got caught up with drugs. I mean, he's had situations here in Vegas. He's had situations. Didn't he get caught outside naked uh, in here in Vegas? I think Google it, dog. I think it was here in Vegas. I wasn't living here, obviously, at the time, but I think he got caught up outside. But I'm what was his story? Like, high draft pick, but he never liked football to begin with? He he was a guy that his dad, he had all the talent in the world, but his dad, like, really forced him to have all the talent in the world. He was a guy that just didn't desire to be that dude, and he was the the pretty boy. He was the, you know, he was Matt Stafford before Matt Stafford, but obviously Matt Stafford loved the game of football, uh, but he was the guy that was highly touted. You know what I mean? He was a, a lefty. I mean, he, he was going to do it all, but... Um, no, he didn't. Uh, he didn't do it, uh, unfortunately. But and that story was really, really sad. I gotta, I gotta Google it though and find out where, because one of his latest uh, incidences, and it wasn't recently. He got caught up outside. I want to say he was naked, like creeping to his neighbor's house or something. He was on some kind of drug or something. It's, it's so unfortunate, man. It's such a sad story, it really is. But uh, I'll Google it and find it out. Seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Who we got up next? Jesse out in Stockton. Oh, Stockton representing the two zero nine. What's up, Jesse? Yo, what up, Q? Yo, this is my second time calling. You know I got to represent, baby. Yes. Uh, yeah, 209 all day. Man, I got one last Hammer one. Hammer Lane, baby. Hammer Lane. <laughs> Hammer Lane, baby. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I don't, I'm, I've been listening at work the whole time right now. I think I might have missed you a couple times because uh, I got some bad reception. But if nobody mentioned Darius Stonehands, Hayward Bay, <laughs> if nobody remembers that one right there, man, oh, my God. That was a, that was a classic Al Davis speedster pick. I was screaming at the TV when we picked him. I'm like, dude, Michael Crabtree, yep. what are you doing? Yep. Michael Crabtree and Darius just could not catch a pass, man. He was one of the biggest busts of all time. I continue to root for him, but damn it, he was a bust. 209 all day, baby Q. DeMond, have a good day. Hey, man, appreciate you. Represent there in the 209, man. Hammer Lane, shout out to you. But yeah, Hayward Bay, Darius Hayward Bay. I remember when they decided not to go with Michael Crabtree because he didn't run the 40. He had that foot issue and he didn't run the 40. And it was said before the draft that, hey, Al's not going to pick a Crabtree because he's not going to run the 40. And I thought, come on, you got to be kidding me. This guy's got the best hands in the draft. And, well, they went with Darius Hayward Bay, who had the best speed in the draft, and it just didn't work out. Uh, I'm like you. I, I, I rooted for Hayward Bay. I uh, thought he was a good guy. thought he tried really hard. Ended up being a really good special teamer, but, you know, he wasn't selected to be a special teamer. So, uh, man, that was, that was so unfortunate. I remember exactly where I was when he got drafted, too. I was playing in a damn basketball tournament in Fresno, California, and I said, all right, I remember it was a draft. I never missed a draft. And I said, all right. Who the Raiders pick? And they said, Darius. I said, never mind. T- tell me no more. Tell me no more. I know who you're talking about. Darius Hayward Bay. They picked him. I was working for FedEx at the time. He had the speed. Oh, yeah. He had the speed. It don't matter if you can't catch. Who's up next, man? 702-365-9200. Who we got? Man, you know what just happened? They just hung up. No, you said it, and the name went right out of my head, man. Hey, no, welcome Dwayne. to the show. Dwayne. I forgot your name. Jeez, that's terrible. Dwayne. What's up, Dwayne? Yes, sir. What's up with it, Q? Hey, Demond, you did me like that last time. We were talking about that rug burn, man, for the nickname, but it's all love. See how you are? See how you <laughs> are? That was so long ago, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's all good, but the player I had for the Raiders, that was a uh, straight bust, so I feel was Fabian Washington, man. Cornerback. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, and guess who got picked right after Fabian Washington? And hey, wasn't that Aaron Rodgers? Yep, <laughs> sure was. Man. Yep. They got matter of fact, that was the draft they got Fabian Washington and Stanford route. Remember they picked the two DBs right away? That's right, that's right, that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Anything else for us? That's it, man. Appreciate y'all. Y'all have a nice one. All right, man. You too. Dwayne, appreciate you. I don't know. You better write that name down and put it on the wall or something. Dwayne. Don't forget Dwayne's name. 
You're cold as ice, I man. I mean, he can't get mad at me with the rug burn thing. Hey, I'm, man, I'm he can. Say, Every time no, he calls, no. you forget his name. It's personal now. The first time it's on, it's 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 an accident. The second time now it's it's like, hey, this is a habit forming. That's a bad nickname. Too. Now you're now you're taking now you're now you're getting personal with him. You got something against the Waynes? No, man. How about this one on the Sam and Ash text line? Then we'll take a quick break. Johnny can't stay off the snow, Manzel. Remember John Gruden wanted the Raiders to take him. Remember the Raiders? Hey, remember? Hey, that's all John Gruden kept saying. The Raiders need to go right now. I remember he was on ESPN. I kept thinking. He's a guy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, ah. Uh, and I remember him at Texas A&M. I remember all the issues that Manziel had, and I kept thinking, like, nah, this this dude ain't gonna ain't gonna cut it. And uh, I was so glad the Raiders didn't pick Manziel. But hey, Gruden really wanted the Raiders, at least on the broadcast, really wanted them to go and take Johnny Manziel. Uh, Allen in Vegas, Marcus Tuiasosopo, honorable mention, Josh McCown and Justin Fargus. Man. Tuiasa Sopo, I thought was going to be the guy coming out of uh, UW. I thought I don't know why I fall for those UW guys. Who else came out of? Oh, Marcus Peters came out of UW. He he worked out pretty well. There were some other guys that came out of UW that worked out really well. Buda Baker in Arizona, he he was a hell of a player. But yeah, man, Marcus Tuiasa Sopo, I thought he was going to end up being a guy. He was just a guy. Josh McCown was the guy that Lane Kiffin wanted to be the quarterback of the Raiders instead of having Jamarcus Russell. And well, the Raiders went with uh, Jamarcus Russell, and then he held out, and so McCown started to play anyway. Uh, Justin Fargus, he always tried hard. Justin Fargus, that's the one thing I can give him. He always knew he had no offensive line. He knew he was going to get throttled when he ran to the offensive line and, and was trying to get some yards, but he gave every single ounce of energy he had. Justin Fargus, you knew he was going to run as hard as possible every single time and had no help on the offensive line and still found a way to create. So I always like Justin Fargus, of course, uh, his pops is Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch, so that was always something that was uh, special to me. Thought that that was cool. And funny story, uh, his ex-wife, I believe, is Nikki Fargus, who is part of the Aces organization now. She's uh, uh, the president, right? She's the president of the Aces. Yes. There you go. I, I didn't know where you were going to go with that. No, no, I would Good never, news, I would never say nothing disrespectful, but it's just, it's all, you know, it's all like all ties together. All in the family. All in the family. It's exactly how it goes. Uh, let's see. We got one more text. Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, you, if you would have bought me flowers at one time, Things would have been different. Remember, it's not you. It's me. Sincerely, Cheryl. Oh, Sir Whiskey Ray. Always gets me with the Cheryl story. Always gets me with the Cheryl story. It was a good one, though. <laughs> I got more stories in a little bit. That just means that I've lived. Mailman Raider hit us up. Q, Michael Bush. I remember watching so many highlights of him and said to myself, we got a straight steal in the fourth round. He wasn't bad, but once he left the Raiders, he didn't do squat. Should have stayed with us. You're right. Michael Bush out of Louisville, I remember he was injured. He had broke his leg, I believe, and the Raiders got him in the fourth round. I thought, man, that is a steal because he was a dude at Louisville. And he, he was – I thought he was a good player when he played with the Raiders. He went to Chicago as a free agent and just really did a whole lot of nothing there, and then he went out of the league. But, man, Michael Bush, I was, a, I was excited by that player. I thought McFadden and Bush could be a nice little one-two punch, but it uh, just didn't work out that way. But, yeah, Michael Bush, he was, a, he was a heck of a player. Thank you so much for that, Mailman Raider. We do appreciate it. 347 is the time. Well, we never really got to cover three, but that's okay. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll close out the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Hey! Okay. You let that rock. Yeah. Rest in peace, Nip. 
Man, that beat's so hard right there. Shout out to Nipsey Hussle. I'm one of those dudes that you could tell what kind of mood I'm in by what I'm listening to. Normally, Monday through Friday in the car, you get in the car, I'm listening to some sports. On Saturday, on the way to the barbershop, I'm listening to something. Usually, I'm listening to some, you know, throwback hip-hop. After I leave the barbershop, it's nip. It's nip, man. And then you know that, okay, Q's in the zone. He's in the zone. I got the sunroof open. I'll call Pops on the phone. He'll answer the phone and say, you're leaving the barbershop, aren't you? I say, yep. Like, he already knows the routine every Saturday morning. But, man, when that Nipsey Hustle hits, it's different. It just hit different. I like that. Good way to end the show. Got a couple nuggets I never got to for cover three. Former Raiders head coach John Gruden sold his home in Southern Highlands for 7.5 after paying 4.3 last year. That's a come up. This housing market is ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. Don't get me started. I didn't got so hot. Poor Dustin DeHart. I don't even have him on the show anymore because I'm so <laughs> I'm so angry at this housing market. I ain't been talking about that Scarface house in a while. No, man. Someone I tweeted about Gruden's house selling for 7.3, and someone said, oh, Q, that's your Scarface house. I said, Psh, come on, man. Ain't nobody in radio. At least this cat in radio sure ain't ever going to have no house like that. Not even thinking about it. But I'm still working on it, man. I, I have gone house hunting a little bit. But, dog, this housing market is so ridiculous. You'll see a house that sold a year, a year and a half ago for 400000 Just say 750000 800000 It's like, who, where would we do that at? Oh, it's going to get better, Q. It's going to be that's I what keep hearing, yeah. you know, the bubbles, the, the bubbles got to burst. It, it ain't bursting <laughs> no time soon. By the time it bursts, I'm going to be dead. <laughs> going to be renting for so gonna, long. Yeah, I ain't going to want no house. Like, Should have just bought this house. Yeah, exactly. I ain't going to want no house by the time it burst. By the time it burst, I'm going to be over it. Well, man, forget this. Just go and get this little small little spot. But yeah, no, the Scarface house is still still part of the goal, man. And Derek Carr's going to have a new neighbor, apparently. Yeah, there you go. 7.5 mil. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. So that's a win. That's a dub right there. As a guy who recently sold a house, I know. You get a little bit extra money in return. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Something that came out of the combine today, Dak had cleanup surgery on his non-throwing shoulder after the season. That's according to head coach Mike McCarthy. Said he's back at it. He's in the building. He's working, you know, rehabbing, all that good stuff. So they said it's not a concern. They have no concern. He's doing really well. It's not a shock. So many players after the season get cleanup surgeries on knees, on shoulders, arms. I mean, man. Nobody is healthy in the NFL. They really aren't. So by the time the offseason comes and they get that chance to get that surgery done, they're good. Let me add something. I just saw it on the cross on the little sports center screen here where they said Saquon Barkley, the Giants are saying, yeah. he's available. Well, they're saying. What would you, what, I don't know. What would it take? Uh, I'm not saying that the Raiders need him because obviously right, Josh Jacobs. Right. But what do you think? Like, Because like, he's a little banged up. He's always banged up. I, I hate that for Saquon because I, was, uh, I pounded the table for him too. I did. I mean, it's funny we're talking about that now because we were talking about draft picks. I thought that that was the right move for the Giants was Saquon Barkley. You know, everyone's like, oh, go get the quarterback while you have a chance. I was like, oh, Eli could do it. He could hold it down if you have a strong run game with Saquon. I just hate the fact that he's always banged up. He's had really a terrible offensive line to run behind. But, man, what a hell of a player, right? What a hell of a running back. I hate that for him because he was so stinking good when he was at Penn State. And he was, he's, he's been great in the league, except for he's just not, he's just not that guy. The value of the running back just uh, – don't allow your kids to play running back, parents. If you listen to anything I say – have your kid be a quarterback, have him be an edge rusher, 
Hell, have him be a linebacker. Don't have him be a running back because they just don't value the running back like they should. Because I saw a video. It was Nick Chubb squatting 495. Right. And it was like running backs are so underappreciated. You got a guy, he can squat 495, yeah. rep it out, running about like a four a four five forty. Right. And then he can do all, like athleticism. Saquon Barkley was like a 40-inch vert yeah. somewhere close there. Oh, he's a stud. And you're doing all that at 5'10", 220. And people still saying, well, we can find another one of you anywhere. Right. What? Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, I hate that. I really do. Uh, the running back position is so devalued. And, you know, shout out to Josh Jacobs. I, I, I think he's a hell of a running back. I, I'm excited by him being a member of the Raiders. But I realize it's a business. And I realize that whatever happens with him is going to be because he's a running back in the NFL. And I think that Josh is so smart. He knows that. He knows what the business is like. And that's why he's always taking care of his business since he's been in the league. So, uh, yeah, according to reports out of New York, the Giants are <clears throat> the Giants. Excuse me, are about to take a machete to their roster. They have no choice. Trading Saquon Barkley is at least something they'll entertain. But everyone on their roster is available, including James Bradbury. I'll leave you with that. Three fifty-six is the time. Vinny Bonsignor, he is on the scene in Indianapolis at the scouting combine. He's got a hell of a show lined up for you. He'll bring it to you next, four to six p.m. You're in the huddle here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. I holler.